Hi, this is Dewey Jenkins. When the Navy sent me to Jacksonville, Florida, I sold Salad Master cookware door to door during my free time. One evening, I knocked on the door and met the woman I would marry. She didn't buy any cookware, but I got her phone number. That's how we train at Morris Jenkins. Don't try to make a sale, try to make a friend. Everyone needs a friend who knows how to fix air conditioning and plumbing. I love this podcast, don't you? It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni and Will Bryan, presented by Morris Jenkins. That's right. It's that time of the week, the Happy Half Hour podcast presented by Morris Jenkins. Mr. Jenkins told me that he loves football and he looks forward to this show all week. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. Kristen here with Will and Matt. And guys, what a game on Sunday. It's victory week. It's victory week. It's Thanksgiving week. A lot to celebrate. People say that you only get a victory Monday, but... I'm taking the whole week. It's like the birthday week, you know, when you get like the one day. Are you someone that does birthday weeks? No, but I mean, I want to. I'm someone that doesn't, but (laughs) someone that kind of wants to. Did you plan a week-long vacation or try to a week-long trip for your birthday? And I worked through it the entire time. Yeah, but that's still, but the, the, um, yeah, it's there. The effort is there for you to uh, say, hey, it's my birthday week. Like I, yeah. I want to celebrate I, all week. I want someone else to declare it my birthday week. Yeah, I'm saying you have that mindset, whether or not, you know, we work all the time, so you may not have been able to execute on it, but you have the birthday week mindset. Right, and I'm taking a Detroit week mindset. It's fair. Me too. I'm, I'm going with it. I mean, look, when the team does the things that they did in that game, they shut out an opponent for the first time in, in five years. Um, as a franchise, I think we got to take a week to celebrate. It was just the second shutout in the NFL this year, and I mean, can we just like re- re- replay last week's podcast? Like, I mean, oh my goodness! Like, where were we a week ago talking told, about this defense? I, I that's what I said in that um, in last week's podcast was that second half I felt like was an outlier. Now they're not going to go and and shut out uh, every opposing offense going forward, but I was glad to see. Uh, it all come together, especially for this defense, because, you know, the second half of, of the Tampa Bay game, notwithstanding, they have been so close in terms of, you know, it feels like just a, one little play here or one little play there or a penalty that has big implications here or there. Um, and I, I was glad to see them getting those third down stops. They played great in the third quarter. Um, it was a great game overall. And I think listening to kind of the array of post-game press conferences, it felt like there was a combination of both play calling and kind of game planning. Yes. And like this sort of just crazy passion. You know, these guys were just so fired up. They were so locked in. But combine that with there were some really good play calls from Phil Snow. Like there was some really good execution, um, really good looks that Detroit was not expecting. And they were doing it without Dante Jackson, no Tiger Whitehead at, at middle linebacker. You know, Jermaine Carter getting his his first start this year at middle linebacker, um, or second start, I guess. But you know, you, you have you have what Brian Burns did off the edge. You have what F.A. Obata is doing, moving to the middle of the line. You know, all of like eleven quarterback hits, five sacks, mm-hmm. and you know, sure, like Kenny Dalladay wasn't out there. Um, Danny Amendola wasn't out there. DeAndre Swift weren't out there. And I think those things are all fair to say, but then. Uh, 
and and that's fair to to talk about that in relation to the defense. But you know, on on our offensive yeah. side, uh, no Teddy Bridgewater, right. no Christian McCaffrey, no Russell Okun, and as you mentioned, uh, no Dante Jackson, uh, Sam Franklin, who had had mm-hmm. started to come on as safety, not there. So, you know, we can always go through the uh, the injuries, and I, I think it is important to to mention who the Lions were missing, but. I, I think it came from, like you said, a, a combination of, of play calling um, and execution. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, can we not, I mean, P.J. Walker, my goodness. You know, I mean, he comes in, I mean, he was put in a very difficult situation. And for the, you know, what, eight, nine snaps we had seen in kind of these different moments when Teddy had to leave in earlier games, I don't think people were expecting the game that he played. I completely agree. And it's the first time that I have genuinely said uh, something like the statement that I'm about to say, which is aside from those two interceptions in the end zone, I thought he played a, a very good game. And I think it's it's hard when you are assessing anyone, anyone who has two interceptions in the end zone, it's really hard to genuinely say after that, well, aside from those two huge right, right. <laughs> issues, uh, it was a good game. But I, I really thought despite those two things, um, which he said, you know, he said, oh, they're going to, keep me up at night for the rest of the week um and that's you know that'll come with experience right, right. but I, I just was very impressed overall with uh, his poise the way he played um some of the throws he made the athleticism thought he did a good job I mean and the fact that they were down in the red zone that many times yeah. I mean the fact that they kept moving the ball they had that many opportunities that he had some he had some throws that he just completely missed which were kind of some head scratchers but you think you take those away he still had a good stat line and we can say all of that because the defense mm-hmm. gave him those opportunities yep. and they, they kept them in the game and they never really gave the Lions a chance. So it was, it was great. It was overall, it was great. And I, I totally support this being a full victory week. So any stories from you, any any beers fly down the the uh, uh, those tarps onto you this week? No beers um, coming down from excited fans. Uh, as we've said before, it was one of our first home games where they allowed fans, and uh, I'm in the first row, and then there's the tarps for the next 10 rows or whatever, and sometimes people set things on there, and they collide with me um, accidentally, I hope. Um, but, <laughs> but no, none of that, but it was just cool. Um, it was There was so much going on on the sidelines, and you could see how excited – all of the players were and how much communication there was between um, everybody, even before it was very clear um, that they were going to end up shutting out the Lions. So I was just like laser focused. Something could have hit me. A beer could have flown at my head and I wouldn't have noticed because there was so much going on on the sidelines, so much energy um, that I was just totally locked in on all of that. Speaking of that, I don't know if people could see it watching the game on TV and maybe they could, but the final maybe four or five minutes of the fourth quarter when, you know, at this point, you know, they're doing the announcements for, you know, please leave the stadium safely, you know, all this stuff. You know kind who does those announcements, by the way? Who? Me. Really? Yeah. Oh. In the, I mean, that may be the PA announcer, but oh, if you go oh, into the oh, stadium, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. enter an exit. Got it. And uh, you need to know what's allowed yeah, in the I've stadium. Never, I've never been out there for that stuff. I haven't either, but I oh. have, you know, friends and, and family who have come to games and they're like, is that your voice there? That's so, awesome. Ingress and egress. No big deal. All right. So, you were saying. Yeah. So. You know, they're Matt kind recorded of, them. They're wrapping that's that. True. They're wrapping that stuff up, and you know the wind's pretty much in hand. But the only thing that's really out there is like, are they going to give up a field goal? Mm-hmm. You know, Detroit's kind of moving down, and when they got that stop on fourth down, Shaq knocking away. The everyone is erupting on the sideline, and but the coolest thing was when the offense gets back on. It's like, man, they're going to probably have to punt it back. 
Like they're going to give him the ball back. And they drew him off sides on fourth and five and a half. And everyone thinks, oh, it's a first down. And the sideline erupts. Everyone is off the bench the entire – and then it's like, no, it's actually fourth and a half. Mm-hmm. Fourth and a little bit. And then – And then they do it again. <laughs> and they erupted even – I mean, they. I have never seen a sideline jump onto the field when up 20 nothing and drawing another team off sides to get into victory formation like the way that, that those guys did. It was incredible. It was. And it, it was just the culmination of – the things that have been preached uh, by the coaches and by the the veterans and that the rookies are trying to to learn and get a hold of, which is discipline um, and and being on the right side of those penalties, you know, drawing them off sides and, and playing a clean game. And it was just great to see. I thought that was the manifestation of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, just that that togetherness that, you know, everyone everyone was involved, everyone was into it and, you know, that – the offense wanted it too. You know, they wanted to stay on the field. They didn't want to give the ball back. Um, I just thought it was really cool. It was just a a great win. Um, after the last few weeks that this this team has has been through, and they continue to 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 try and to play their best. You know, I think in every single game the effort has been there. They're just learning. You know, and um, there's a lot of young guys who have been asked to step up, and they're dealing with injuries. But then you you have a Shaq's post-game speech after the Tampa Bay game, and it was just great to see it all come together in this win and uh, great to see their hard work pay off in in such a big way. So real briefly before we move on, because there's a potential, which we can talk about in a second, of Teddy Bridgewater returning this week to go play at Minnesota, which was the team that drafted him back in 2014. Mm -hmm. But before we turn that page, one final thing on P.J. Walker. The story about his mom. Yeah. In the dream that she had, what, what's your takeaway from just hearing that initially? I thought it was incredible. I I I just thought it was um, it was awesome. I would love to know if his mom has any lottery numbers for me. <laughs> um, you know, would love to get up with her on that. But no, I I just thought it was great, and I think it just shows a belief. And he's had an unconventional path to get here. I spoke to him um, in the off season, and you know his journey with with the XFL and then having such a great season and then it getting stopped. And um, I'm just, I'm just so happy for him and his mom. And I just thought it was an incredible story. Yeah. I mean, like it, the background, she had this dream when he was on the practice squad for the Colts Yeah, and Matt rule was in Baylor. Yeah. And she just had a dream that he was going to start for the Carolina Panthers and mm-hmm. win a game. I mean, there was no connection to the Panthers mm-hmm. at that point. None. That's why I said I'm looking for some lottery numbers. Right? You know, like, where it just came out of the blue. And it was like, you know, all the things that had to fall into place for him to then be here and for then him to be starting and winning a game. I mean, it's incredible. It really is. Uh, it, it's just a great win. You know, a win counts the same um, in the standings, just like a, a loss counts the same. But I think the reason that we're making this a victory week, uh, like you would make it a birthday week, is that there are just so many uh, great things that are have happened, and it's a, a product of, of hard work and this team believing in themselves. And I, I'm just so happy for everyone on that team to have not just a win, but you know, as Matt Rule called it, uh, a process win where. Everyone did things the right way. You had guys like P.J. Walker stepping up. Um, Troy Pride for Dante Jackson. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, the list goes on. It's not just about P.J. Walker. I think that's a microcosm of, of these young guys who have had to step up all year. Um, and everyone executed. And it, it was a it was a very, very good win. And as you said, just the second time this season 
uh, that an NFL team has been shut out. So I think it's it's worth celebrating because they really have worked hard, paid attention to the details, and it's, it's nice to see it pay off. So, Will, what do you want to see going forward? I mean, they're not, as we said, they're not going to shut out uh, opposing offenses for the rest of the season. So how can they build on the little things, and what do you expect them to take away from this game that you'd like to see in Minnesota? I, I think they're going to have to, that run defense, now obviously an Adrian Peterson that's kind of at the end of his career versus Dalvin Cook, who's at the height of his, Yes, you know, from a week to week, you know, that was a huge difference. There's such a big difference in third and six versus third and two. And there were, there were more third and sixes and third and sevens last week because they were able to stop the run on first and second down. And as you said, no DeAndre Swift in, right. in that game, which is a big deal. Right, and you know Dalvin Cook right now is is right behind Derrick Henry for the rushing title. He has the most scrimmage yards in the NFL. Like he's putting up numbers like what we saw Christian do last year mm-hmm. that were just you know scrimmage yard record breaking type of numbers, averaging over a hundred yards of rushing yards a game. So how do you go in and, and focus on stopping him, um, and, and give yourself manageable third downs because he's he's a guy that. It's kind of this new type of running back that's both power, but you you get him out in open space and he makes people miss. You yeah. know, he can run between the tackles, he can run you over, but he can also make you miss outside. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he has breakaway speed. Like the number of times that he can just get through the line at the twenty yard line, and eighty yards later, you're not going to catch him. You know that it's a, it's a rare type Ronald of Ronald Jones flashbacks from a couple weeks I, ago. I mean, yeah, you know, but I mean, like it. I'll try to I'll flash back to Christian. You know, like Christian was able to develop that in last year and he had all those plays where people were trying to run him down and he was able to outrun people in the open field. That's what Dalvin Cook can do. So they've gotta they've gotta have that gap integrity. They've mm-hmm. gotta be able to kind of, you know, run to the ball. And it it's not so much making tackles in open space, it's holding on or it's getting the cavalry there. You know, get something on him, slow him down. You know, get your angles right, you know, force him to the sideline, whatever it might be. You know, you don't have to make a huge hit and knock him down just by yourself. Just don't let him get by you. And it, that's going to be a huge key to to being successful in Minnesota. You sound like Matt Rule in the conversations <laughs> I've had with him. But it, it's right. And I think he emphasizes that a lot. And I think this Dalvin Cook matchup is such a great example, which is just, you know, we hear it a lot, but like, do your job. Mm-hmm. And... But he, what he says is that sometimes these guys, they want so badly to make that big play, to make that big stop, and then a mistake ends up happening. So if everyone, like you said, you don't try to do too much. Just do your job, play your gap, um, tackle, and and trust your teammates, and, and hopefully it'll pay off. I don't know if Matt Rula said this to the team. I, I think about it when I look at, you know, we have these highlights that we've cut from last week in terms of, like, defensive highlights. And almost all of the sacks were like combined sacks. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, and it kind of stinks for like Brian Burns's, you know, individual statistics and all that stuff. But oh, he's an NFC defensive player of the week. Right, yeah, he's, he's all right. He's doing yeah. okay. He's doing okay. <laughs> but, you know, the fact that all of these guys were were getting to the ball, yes. they, were, they were rallying to the quarterback, they were holding it, you know, they weren't trying to be selfish about it. They weren't trying to just make a play. They knew if they do a certain thing that someone else is coming right behind them and they're mm-hmm. getting them down. And that's more important than some dramatic, huge hit on the quarterback or hit on a running back. Absolutely. This is the Happy Half Hour podcast presented by Morris Jenkins. And Mr. Jenkins told me his plumbers and AC techs secretly wear Panthers jerseys under their uniforms. Will does the same thing. I'm looking at it right now. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. 
Com. Will, what is your stat of the week? 60% of the time, it works every time. Stat of the week. The stat of the week is a big if. We're recording this on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But if, fingers crossed, Teddy Bridgewater is able to go this weekend, he will be playing, as I said, against his former team, the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. He would become the sixth Panthers quarterback to face their former team in a start. Well, I know one off the top of my head. Yeah. Our good buddy, Jake DeLome. Jake DeLome. And Jake was 8-3 and three against New Orleans over his Panthers career. He did nice. pretty well. The yeah. rest of this group, not so much. Steve Berline, 0-2 against Jacksonville, 0-2 against Dallas, 0-1 against the Raiders. He pretty much played for every team in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Rodney Pete was 1-0 against the Lions and 0-1 against Dallas. Frank Reich, 0-1 against Buffalo. And the great Brian St. Pierre, he had one start, the infamous Brian St. Pierre game, and it was against the Ravens, who was his former team. It didn't go very well. (laughs) Well, we've seen Teddy play against the Saints. Uh, He had a good game, even though it ultimately, you know, it came down to that long Joey Sly field goal, um, and the Panthers lost it. But, you know, again, something I, I talked with Coach Rule about during that Saints week you know uh, how much how much do you like guys being motivated for for those kinds of things going up against their former team and he said he he doesn't like it he wants you know mm-hmm. just everyone just do your job as we've been saying um and and focus in and prepare the same way you would prepare for anything else and i, I think teddy's like that very methodical but you got to think there's something back there um that says like man i'd love to come in there start oh, yeah. feel great and and have a wonderful game i don't think he's going to prepare any differently but right. Um, it'd be awesome to see. And it's fun for us. Like it, it's, you know, it's fun for us to, to watch it. You know, this is actually the first time the Panthers have ever played in this stadium. Mm. The, the last time they played at Minnesota, it was still being built. So they played outside in the Minnesota Gophers, the Gophers stadium. Yeah. And that, that was the game against Teddy. Teddy started, um, against the Panthers. Pretty sure Teddy won that game against Carolina. Um, but that game was the coldest regular season game in Panthers history. How cold? 14 degrees, Oof. wind chill, it was much lower than that. Yes. Much lower yeah, than that. Yeah, feels a little bit different. I lived in, in Chicago for, for two years, and even as low as that temperature is, when that wind gets going, it's a whole different, I was going to say ball game, but that sounds a little, I wasn't trying to make a pun there. Speaking of cold, um, made an announcement yesterday. We know the game time and game date of the Green Bay game up in Lambeau. A little Saturday night action. Saturday night action. Is there something for that? It's Maction on Thursday night. I don't know what Saturday night action is. I don't know. I guess we can call it whatever we want, right? Yeah, I guess so. So Carolina making the rare Saturday night game. Hasn't happened very often. Um, but playing at 8:15 NFL Network on December 19th mm-hmm. at Lambeau, um, I think the very too early weather projections call for 12 degrees with gusts up to 27 miles per hour, 65 percent precipitation chance. You know that just you're not even looking at a at notes when you say that. You just know that mm-hmm. off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. I have for a, rep- I have a rep- reputation now. to uphold over here. <laughs> and their stats guy. That was incredible. The best part about the weather is you can say whatever you want, and if it changes, ah, you know, weather. That's true. That's true. I'm just impressed. Is there a reason why they moved the games? If there was, I missed it. So the game was always TBD. It was always TBD. Yeah, it was always going to be either that Saturday or Sunday um, because they wanted to be able to flex Green Bay. And then um, they decided kind of at this point in the season, based on Green Bay's record, you know, they wanted to put them Saturday night primetime. Cool. 
I should know this, but since I'm sitting across from Panther Stats guy, I feel like you would if you knew the forecast. They don't have, have they allowed fans at all? Last I couple of games I've seen, so. there were no fans. So it's going to be so. an interesting yeah. thing to see to play up there, not only in Lambeau, but Lambeau with no fans. Right. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back with more. Hi, this is Dewey Jenkins. When the Navy sent me to Jacksonville, Florida, I sold Salad Master cookware door to door during my free time. One evening, I knocked on the door and met the woman I would marry. She didn't buy any cookware, but I got her phone number. That's how we train at Morris Jenkins. Don't try to make a sale. Try to make a friend. Everyone needs a friend who knows how to fix air conditioning and plumbing. I love this podcast. Don't you? All right, we're back. Uh, and hey, if the Panthers get a third down stop in the third quarter during a home game, one lucky fan will win a smart home smoke and carbon monoxide detector through the Morris Jenkins Protect and Check sweepstakes. If the Panthers get a fourth down stop in the fourth quarter, that same fan will also be going home with a $1,500 gift card. Be sure to check out contest.panthers.com for more details on how you can enter and uh, and be ready for that when the Broncos come to town in a couple of weeks. That'll be fun. Yes. All right. It's Victory Week. It's Thanksgiving Week. We got to have some fun. Will you have you have prepared something? You've taken the time to prepare something, which is the office as Thanksgiving foods. Am I yes, right? Correct. Okay. So I feel like the office lends itself to something like this very easily because everyone's played the office game where, like, out of your group of friends, which office character would you be? Um, so I saw something this week. You would you would say you're a gym, wouldn't you? No. Really? I've I've been called other characters, unfortunately. I, I disagree with them. I think I'm season three Andy. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh I, I refuse to accept season eight Andy. Um yeah, You're not okay. quite to, to level or to season eight yet. Yeah, no. But season I'm, three is a fair a fair uh, Yeah, you know, like fun fun, maybe a little naive, really good singer. I don't know about the last really one. Good singer. <laughs> um, Prove it. Anyway, no. So this is office characters based on Thanksgiving foods and my completely own personal takes on it. Okay. So Michael Scott, barbecue. Because growing up, every single Thanksgiving I ever had in South Carolina, we had barbecue as the main dish of the meal. Ah. And it was like, this is this is great. But you take it for granted until you go to a Thanksgiving meal that doesn't have barbecue. And so you're like, man, you realize that this really held the whole thing together. You, you know, you love it yeah. until, until it's gone. Michael, the, Michael the Scott. When Will Ferrell of it all came oh, in, you missed that barbecue. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jim I like Hal- that one. Jim Halpert, turkey, holds everything together. But everyone also kind of assumes that he has to be in every episode to hold it together. It would probably be fine without it. But, mm. you know, we we, mm. we we do it anyway. We just keep doing it. So, Jim's turkey. Pam, sweet potato pie. You'd be amazed by how many people don't actually really like it. But you work your way past some things and realize at the end that it was good and very necessary. You are just seeing into these characters' souls right now. You're oh, completely. spot on. Completely. Dwight candied yams, just because that's the closest thing I get to beats. <laughs> Ryan and Kelly, mashed potatoes and gravy, because a lot of young picky eaters maybe don't want the gravy on their mashed potatoes and they try to like keep it away. But inevitably, the gravy always just keeps finding its way back on <laughs> top of the mashed potatoes. Uh, cranberry sauce, Andy. It's fine. I usually skip it. 
But wait a minute. Now we're doing like the canned cranberry jello type stuff right out of the can. And no, that's season eight. We're, we're not doing that, Andy. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> the entire dessert table is Kevin. <laughs> the entire beverage table is Meredith. Um, fair and, and fair. Angela is green bean casserole. It always feels like some aunt is just forcing you to have some. <laughs> Creed is Brussels sprouts in honor of him sprouting mung beans at his desk. And he's also someone that you appreciate more as you get older. Uh, Stanley, obviously. Meatballs. <laughs> Are you ready for some meatballs? And then Oscar is crawfish etouffee. Nobody really knows, but apparently it thinks it's better than everybody else. <laughs> that was, uh, Matt, I think we have to agree, that was a work of art. That was that was really beautiful. A lot of time and effort yes. went into that. I can yeah, tell. Pro- probably too much, too much time <laughs> and effort spent on that. I just I, I I love that. But that's Will when he when he does these games, he gets very dedicated. Didn't what did you bring in the day after we talked about some food item and you you went out and got it the next day? Hot dogs. hot dogs. I went out and got hot, hot dogs, dogs just to prove for the to, Twitter interactions. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> All right, well, Will, you set the stage perfectly. We are gonna do um, a Thanksgiving draft. We're football people. We're Thanksgiving people. So here's here are the rules, guys. Matt, well, we each have four picks um, to make the perfect Thanksgiving plate draft style. Once something's off the board, you cannot go back to it. So put your Thanksgiving GM hats on. I'm going to give Matt the first overall pick. Matt, I feel like I've already like exposed my draft board to you. That's You know so, what? That's on you. We asked you if you wanted to do your I office uh, Thanksgiving soliloquy before or after. I'm okay. I still feel confident in some of my picks. I'm not drafting any item on your <laughs> list, and I'm confident that I could get all four of mine before you guys get them. I think well, I can get all four. Well, that's the thing, too, yeah. about drafting. It's going to be subjective. I don't think I'll go with similar I mean, things you that you guys barbecue, are, too. So. Yeah, I mean, so yeah. These, are, these are entrees, these are sides, these are desserts. Whatever you everything, want. A- anything not, you want. So it's the same. I mean, you can do whatever you want in a draft. Like, you know what it takes to build a good team, but uh, you got to come away with the team, trust the plate. Your, trust your scouting and trust your Yeah, board, that you, you know? feel good at. Maybe I'm, you don't I'm going, need. I'm going all defense, just like the Panthers. All right. <laughs> Who all needs right. offense? With the first overall pick in the Thanksgiving, in the 2020 Thanksgiving draft, Matt Hogan. Selects cinnamon ham out of Honey Baked Ham Store. Ooh. That sounds good. Yeah, that is good. It's got to be cinnamon glazed, and it's got to be from the honey baked ham. Cinnamon glazed. Yep. Interesting. They yeah. put like this little cinnamon. I don't even know what it is. It's like it's all hard and yeah. crusty on the top. Yeah, I, that's I, like a quarterback like out ham. of Oklahoma. Like, I like very specific. You know, it's been groomed well. It's got to be from <laughs> this certain place. A little fancy. I like it. I trust the coaching. I trust everything down mm-hmm. there at the honey baked ham store. All right. All right, second overall pick, Will Brown. I mean, it, we've already talked about this on the podcast. South Carolina barbecue. It's okay. it's it's got to be it's got to be that brisket. It's got to be chopped. It's got to be mustard based. South Carolina barbecue. Okay. No, but nobody saw that one coming. Yeah. No, that was a complete <laughs> surprise. I've never had barbecue for Thanksgiving, so I'm I'm good. Uh, with the third overall pick, Kristen Balboni selects uh, fried turkey. Fried turkey. Fried turkey. Okay. Yeah. You, are you the ones frying? Turkey. Are you frying it? No, I'm selecting it. Okay. Someone's already done the work. <laughs> oh, okay, got it. My cousin Matt makes an incredible fried turkey. You know, they work on it all day. Is this like, it's like the big oh, thing yeah. where you're like yes. doing it in? Like yes. all the viral videos where mm-hmm. everything explodes and cuts, catches on fire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why it's worthy of being my first overall pick. Okay. I'm not a big fan of the regular turkey. Uh, uh, clearly none of us are. You know, like yeah. you said, it's the gym, you take it or leave it. But the fried turkey, game changer. 
ham and turkey off the board. Yeah. That's, and barbecue, just and, for anyone. <laughs> and barbecue. That's one of those ones that people are going, hmm, okay, we'll see how that pans out. All right. This is my third favorite item, but I feel like it's more common, so I'm going to draft it in the second round, uh, and that's mashed potatoes. Okay. With gravy or without? It doesn't matter. As long as they're, oh. as long as they're not like the dry kind of mashed potatoes, some people don't make them... Very moist. They're very dry. If it's a fourth overall pick, you got to have the right. Let's just assume that assume what we're drafting goes. is at the top of the board, especially, is like the perfect. It's the perfect um, description of what you want it to be. It's the ideal. Yeah, we're not going version. dried mashed potatoes. Fourth overall pick. Well, then, yeah. Then, if it's a good batch of mashed potatoes, that's my that's my fourth overall pick. Okay. Second, second round, first pick. Macaroni and cheese. And here's it. I was shocked to find out that my girlfriend had never had macaroni and cheese as part of their like traditional Thanksgiving mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, all right, I get that barbecue is weird, but mac and cheese, I thought that was a staple. It's hard for me. So my family is so large that we do the thing where everyone puts food. I mean, there's like, obviously not this year, but um, traditionally there's like 50 yeah. 55 people there. And so everyone just brings stuff. And we've got like five different kinds of stuffing. We've right. got all sorts of stuff. And it's just a, it's like one giant table and you just go around and you just load your plate up. So you can really get anything that you want. Um, and so macaroni and cheese is always there, but we don't do like a sit down sure. serve thing. So right, I don't right, know. Right. I've, tr- I've had all these things except for barbecue. Yeah. So I don't so, know. Yeah, mac, mac and cheese, mac weird and cheese. or not, Matt? No, my mom and uh, sisters always have it. Uh, Always a good time for but mac I don't, and cheese. I don't like mac and cheese, so I don't partake. <laughs> I don't partake. Does. Everybody else does, and they what? seem to enjoy it. What? I like noodles. I like cheese. I do not like macaroni and cheese. Oh. Wow. Makes okay. no sense. Like the ones, there, there's those special kind of Thanksgiving mac and cheese with like yes. the extra cheesy, That's crunchy kind of like top. Baked, baked yeah. on the, you know, it's not, we're not talking like Velveeta. It's, no, you know, we got to have the best of the best in this draft. Right. Absolutely. No, no free agents here. No. Uh, no, it's not creamy. It, there's a there's a hard top to it. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go sweet potatoes with my second overall pick. This uh, the sixth pick in the draft. In, in what form? This is important. I'm gonna go extra sweet. I see, I've had two that I love a lot, but I'm gonna go marshmallows on top. Okay, so like, like the casserole with like the a, marshmallow. The yes. Okay. Not not like cut or not like in a pie. Not yeah, yet. Maybe. Not yet. Okay. Well, you can't claim both, can you? I'm just are saying they, the pie might come things? up later at a certain point. Well, but for does, this is, is this, the this isn't the pie. No, this okay, is like this, the, this is like goes on the, the main table. table. Okay. Yes. Hey, yeah, Balt- yeah. Baltimore took Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews back to back picks in their draft, and those are two tight ends. So Kristen, if she wants to go with that, I'm just ma- I'm just making sure that they're not both <laughs> listed as the same name. We'll call it a casserole. Okay. Got to have those delicious marshmallows on top. <laughs> Got it. All right. Uh, third round pick. I'm gonna go with my mom's fruit jello. She makes like a strawberry, uh, pineapple, banana fruit jello. It's been at every Thanksgiving since I can remember. It's I guess it's like Will's barbecue, where I never really knew it wasn't normal until I got engaged. <laughs> that sounds delicious. It I, is I delicious. wouldn't. When you first said fruit jello, I was like, oh, I don't know, because again, we have such a big family. Like someone's gonna put like just like the jello mold on the table. Right. right. Uh, but strawberries and banana. Gosh, that sounds delicious. It is. Yeah. All right. So now I'm going to get the yams based on Razul Douglas's recommendation of mixing them all together in the post Thanksgiving. I don't like my stuff. I don't like my stuff to mix or touch. Oh my god. It's very uncomfortable for oh me. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I I will eat it on Thursday 
in kind of however it sits upon the the plate. But then I think after, in the leftover stage, I think you start being inventive. And no. so yeah, so he was mixing. I think what he was mixing mac and cheese and yams, right? Not for me. Oh yeah. No. Oh no. Absolutely not. Ooh. All right. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and get ahead of this. Pecan pie, just coming in hot. No one's picked a dessert yet. I want to just. I want to grab it. I want to take it off the board. Well, it, can I also pick pecan pie because you obviously picked the wrong pie. Mm-mm. It's pecan pie. That's how I say it. Oh wow. I know. I did something with uh, Derek Brown and Ytor Grossmontos yesterday with Thanksgiving foods, and they gave me a hard time for pecan pie. Yeah. That's just how I say it, Matt. I don't know. I've said it both ways. That's, oh. that's one of the few words I don't have. An I know of. I'm. Uh, I know I'm in the minority on this, but that's how I say it. Okay. It, I mean, it's. I'll eat it. <laughs> you won't because it's on my plate. All right, uh, Matt. <laughs> Last pick in the draft to build your to round out your perfect plate. I should probably get a vegetable. What? But I'm not gonna it's do Thanksgiving, that. Thanksgiving, Matt. I agree. So I'm gonna go, and I don't know what brand or what they're actually called, but I think they're called yeast rolls, and they're just like that square. Oh yeah. They, they rise up, yep. and it's just the little square rolls. I gotta have because I eat like five of those, and I usually after Thanksgiving, when we have leftovers, I'll cut one in half, like. And make it a sandwich, and I'll put cinnamon glazed ham in there. Mm. So that's that's my fourth pick to round out my draft. Versatile. I like I it. I got everybody I wanted to. I'm very excited. <laughs> you know, the first, I mean, you have the best wrap position. So glad glad that you got everything you wanted. All right. Well, All right. I'll go with pumpkin pie. That's fair. I mean, because you already took the pecans. Yep. I was thinking of some sort of chocolate dessert, but I'll, I'll go with pumpkin pie. Your grandmother makes a great chocolate pie. But I'm going to go last pick. Uh, I'm going to go cornbread. Ooh mm-hmm. man! Mm-hmm. The fact that both of you guys got the bread off the table, I'm I'm kind of upset. I left that out there. Well, that's you know what? That's it's, on you. It's, it's on planning, important. on execution, I scouting. I know. All right, it's a month long process. So here's mine. I, I would love to hear from people on Twitter which plate they would pick. Mine is fried turkey, sweet potato uh, casserole, pecan pie, and cornbread. Not a vegetable. <laughs> not even vegetable adjacent. <laughs> Which is how I like it on Thanksgiving. All right, Matt, what's yours? Run Cin- us through again. Cinnamon glazed ham from honey baked ham. My mom's fruit jello. Actually, that was a third round pick. So mashed potatoes, then my mom's fruit jello, and then yeast rolls. Solid plate. If plate. anyone knows the name of those yeast rolls, that'd be great. <laughs> By tomorrow. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. Please. Well, what? And then mine was barbecue, mac and cheese, candied yams. And pumpkin pie. I think we're all coming away with plates that we feel good about. This is how we would stack our plates. Mm-hmm. I need to hear from people, though. Well, which plate would you rather eat? Let us know. That'll be the weird question of the week. Which of our Thanksgiving plates that we painstakingly built and drafted <laughs> would you want to eat? All right. No better place to leave it. Uh, happy Victory Week. Happy Thanksgiving. See you guys next week.